Okay. Um, why don't we get started? Um, this is the Fiction Old and New Book Group, and today is Friday, December 6th, uh, 2019, and welcome, everybody. Um, and I know we have some, uh, Gail I know is new, I'm not sure if anybody else here is is new tonight. Um, usually what we do is, I, I'm Michelle, and Sherry and I are the moderators of the group, um, and usually how we start is I just give you a little information about the author, which I'm going to do here, and then Sherry calls on each person individually, so uh, that way you can we can each have a turn you know talking a little bit about our thoughts about the book without everybody talking <laughs> at the same time it just kind of works out easier just to go around at least once and have everybody say what they think and then what we do is we just open it up for general discussion so Man, if you hear somebody else you know like you could be listening and you might hear a comment and think oh I want to respond to that so just hold on to your response just till everybody's had a chance to to talk um, so tonight we're discussing a book called City of Girls which is written by Elizabeth Gilbert. And Elizabeth Gilbert was born in uh, Waterbury, Connecticut in 1969. And she grew up um, on a small family Christmas tree farm. And she attended New York University, where she studied political science. Now, I didn't really realize, because when I thought about Elizabeth Gilbert, I thought about Eat, Pray, Love. I didn't really realize that she got quite as many awards as she did. So she actually got like a ton of awards for a lot of her early books. So her first book was a short story collection called Pilgrims, which was a finalist for the Penn Hemingway Award, which is like a big deal award. Um, And then she also worked as a journalist for a whole bunch of different publications like the New York Times and Spin and GQ. And she was a three-time finalist for the National Magazine Award. And an article that she wrote about bartending on the Lower East Side in New York City actually became the basis of the movie Coyote Ugly. I I saw that movie. I don't know if anybody else saw that. Um, So in 2000, she wrote her first novel called Stern Men, which I actually honestly never heard of. But it was a New York Times notable book. And then in 2002, she wrote another book called The Last American Man. Um, And then she wrote her very famous book in 2006, which was a memoir called Eat, Pray, Love, which probably some of you have read. And it sold like 12 million copies around the world, and it was made into a movie. And then then she she did a follow-up memoir called Committed, which was about um, her feelings about the institution of marriage, which was kind of ambivalent. Um, And then in 2013, she wrote a really good historical fiction novel. If you like historical fiction, it was called The Signature of All Things, which I read a while ago. I thought it was really, really good. And then in 2015, she published... um, I don't know if it's a memoir, but it's 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 a book called Big Magic: Creative Living Beyond Fear. So probably more like you know about writing and creativity. And then her latest book was one we read for tonight, which was City of Girls. So um, that's a little bit about her. And now I will turn it over to Sherry. Okay, I will be calling on people one at a time. Uh, and Liz, you're up at the top here. Oh, good. <laughs> Um, I, okay, I have to tell you, I absolutely loved this book, and 
just finished it about an hour ago. Um, maybe not even that, but um, I, I, um, I love. I, I liked the character development. I absolutely adored Peg. I just loved her character throughout the book. Um, this is definitely my, probably in the top five of 2019. Um, closer to the, the, the one or two position for my favorite books. I, I just love the time period. I love the relationships. I love the the um, marginal relationships, you know, that it, uh, that every, you know, the people kind of different, um, everybody danced to a different drummer. And uh, I, I just really, really enjoyed the book. Okay. Uh, Marsha? I also loved the book. The characters were so flamboyant. And I, I loved, I, I absolutely adored Peg. Everybody needs an Aunt Peg in their life. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because, uh, my mother's, her, her legal name was Margaret, but everybody called her Peg or Peggy. So there were so many people who called her Aunt Peg, and it just was so cool. <laughs> anyway, um, I also would have to say this has got to be, if not in the top five, the top ten books that I've read in 2019. And uh, I, I'm sure we'll get in more into the, the characters individually and so on. But I, I also loved Vivian. She was just... I loved her outlook on life. I loved her, her, um, her quirkiness, and and her. Uh, well, she and Marjorie were were great best friends. Facing intense scrutiny over his seven o six p.m. Okay. Go ahead. Is that, are you done? Marcia? Oh, I'm 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 done. Yep. Okay. okay. Uh, Bob, you're next. Oh. Well, I always apply the Marsha Moses rule but I was hooked by this book in 20 minutes. It didn't take two hours. I first, of course, thought it's a girl's book. It's going to be a dumb one with theater. They talk, I learned more about what women wear than I maybe wanted to do. But I, but I, thought it was, uh, I thought of character development. I thought of Michelle. I said, she's going to be happy with this one. The author is an outstanding writer. Um, I, I think the friendship between, I think it was Frank, and, and Vivian uh, was terrific. I mean, there are friendships oh, like Frank I believe Vivian. she did just hold his hand and help him and uh, so forth. And of course, then Angela learns all by the end. You know, what a wonderful Aunt Peg who wouldn't love her, wouldn't <laughs> love her. She was so beautiful, so liberal, so accepting. Uh, being a lesbian herself in the 1940 was courageous. She was herself, whatever she was. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand Arthur Watson, and he got a word. Oh, and I usually yes. side with a guy. I usually do, but he's a creep. <laughs> and I'm not wild about that. Uh, his wife, I, I, you know, tip oh, him no. and all that. Oh. And when Vivian met her later, and there could have been some movement, she wouldn't. Oh, no, I don't know you. We've never met. You know, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, a great book. Congratulations to our two moderators. Thank yes. you. <laughs> okay, Chris. Oh, yes. Well, there were characters that I loved from the beginning, and there were characters I didn't like at first, and I grew to like, and I was and love, and I was very surprised by that. But the thing that that um, I'm thinking about, Edna. The character that, uh, yeah, she did not actually. She was, you know, she seemed so gracious. Uh, 
And um, they all kind of, I think the whole theme was that, that everybody was not quite what they seemed or changed into something else. You saw the growth. But I think um, my favorite character was rather a more minor one, and that was Marjorie, the 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 um, mm. little the the the, mm -hmm. the partner, oh, the business yes. partner of yes. Vivian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, Joni. Well, as everyone else did, I love this book. I loved Vivian. I loved Aunt Peg. I even loved Olive in a very strange way, yes. with her strength and... Um, Someone's got to be the adult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, of course, I didn't care for um, uh, Watson. I forgot his first name. Arthur. Arthur. Uh, but I don't see how anybody could like a, a guy like that, I mean, he just thought he was, well, let's say the cat's pajamas. <laughs> and um, he couldn't act, he couldn't sing, he couldn't do anything very worthwhile. And and he was really not very nice. <laughs> um, but I loved the book. I, I loved the way it... Um, as other people have said, the growth of the characters and the the idea that everybody is useful, everybody has something good in them. You don't have to be perfect. Um, that was so good, and I really did love it. I was sorry that it ended. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Nathan, the uh, um, Marjorie's son, oh, he was so fragile and so delicate. I was afraid he was going to die mm -hmm. all through the time he was with us. But he was a sweetheart, too. And, and it was just... Uh, and the parts where, um, where they were involved with Walter Winchell, I thought that was oh. so... Good because Walter Winchell was such a jerk, jerk, jerk. <laughs> and having read books about him and having listened to him when I was a little girl, just a little parentheses here, I'm going to be 80 next Saturday. Oh, oh, oh. Saturday. oh congratulations. Wow. You're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to no, everybody if they live long enough. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I love the book too. Okay. okay, Abby. Okay, well, I also like the book. Um, my parents lived in New York City uh, when I was born, and they had, as uh, growing up, uh, they were, while well, I was growing up, they were involved in community theater. And so I can't help wondering, and I never did ask them, uh, but they were in New York. I think they wanted to be on Broadway. Then I came along, and so they did the sensible thing and pursued other careers, I guess you could say. Uh, but I don't know if that's true or not, but I can't help wondering. But anyway, I, so I, not naturally, I did find 
uh, the stuff about the theater and everything rather intriguing. I, for one, did not particularly care for Vivian, uh, you know, especially once she starts drinking and carrying on and having sex with just about every man that she went, uh, meets. And I had absolutely no sympathy for her after she got herself into trouble uh, by fooling around with her husband and Celia at the same time. And so I had no sympathy for her. And normally, sometimes I will not finish a book if I don't like the main character, but I was intrigued by the way Elizabeth Gilbert was telling this story in the form of a letter to Angela. And so I was curious about the connection. So I continued on. I'm glad I did. Um, I think Vivian kind of grew after that. She didn't stop, never stopped having or liking sex, but at least she wasn't then about to go fool around with married men anymore. But I still... I never really liked her, you know, outlook, the way she used sex as if it were a game, you know, and it's really not. And I just never liked that. But otherwise, I enjoyed the book, and, and I felt good about how the way it ended. And that's it. Okay. Uh, Gail? Okay. Um, I like the book. I um, At first, I didn't like the book, and then it, it but once we got past um, I more like the middle from the middle of the book on I really liked it and I liked I like Nathan and I like Olive I think they kind of were my favorite people I like Vivian but I like them I, I, I liked I like how Viv, the thing I did like about Vivian was how she was sensitive to the people that she made the dresses for and, oh, yes. and how she and 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 Marjorie were such creative people. Um, so, but yes, I really liked Nathan. I really liked Olive. Peg was was good, but I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so um, thank you very much for including me on this discussion. That's oh, all. of course, Ladon. Yeah, uh, I thought this was written in a light, compelling style that would bring you right into the story right away. And I thought the narrator was excellent. Not great, not great, but excellent. Very, very good and kept you interested in the characters and everything. I did not like Vivi's uh, lifestyle, promiscuous lifestyle. Yeah. I thought she was so far out of the what a normal woman would be like. That was kind of a yeah. mental, kind of a mental disorder. And she said, she she pointed out how easy, and I think this is actually true, it was for her to go down and sit in the tavern, a bar there, and pick up a man anytime she wanted to. But as she was telling this story, she was an old lady. And I was wondering whether her desire to pick up men and go to bed with this, what, this one and that for a night, or... Uh, her age and her ability to pick up men sitting there like that ran out first. Which one ran out first? I mean, her her ability to do it or her desire to do it. You know, either way, one way or the other, she's probably in trouble uh, mentally, going to suffer a little problem. But all in that, I still liked her, nevertheless. And uh, I liked Olive a lot. She was stern, but she was stick to you, uh, stick to it this. Kind of woman, 
she was right down to earth. She was the mother of the group, you know, and she stayed with Vivi throughout her whole whole life, which made her very loyal. And uh, so I rated the book about a B plus. So it was, it was really worth reading, and I think I would read another one of this author pretty easily. So, yeah, everything except for Phoebe's uh, promiscuous lifestyle, everything was good. Oh, I know I was reading a, a, a book, and uh, I think uh, five hours before the end, about 10 hours, the book was 15 hours long, about 10 hours into the book, I said, everything's going good for this girl. It's got to be turned uh, turned uh, down. There's got to be some downturn somewhere. And the next hour when I turned the book on, that's when her trouble started. She was caught up. So, so uh, right there when I said to myself, it's got to be a turn down, downturn. And then toward the end, of course, back up again. She was living a pretty good lifestyle. That's my bit. Okay. Uh, Don? Don, are you there? I think we heard him before. No, we no, not Don. Oh no, I, I thought I heard his voice before. Oh, well, um, somebody with five seven three joined. Would you like to give us your opinion of the book and your name? Deanna, sorry, I'm late. Oh, hi, Deanna. How are you? Hi, Deanna. I was uh, trying to clean up after baking cookies all day. <laughs> I'll take one. I <laughs> would be in the street. They're oatmeal macaroons that I mm. just finished. But, Would you like um, to tell us like what you oatmeal. thought of the book? Um, I had a hard time getting started with it. It kind of, you know, I was going, oh, this is just very slow. <laughs> you know, you have this very um, immature young girl who has all the opportunities in the world and isn't taking any of them. She has no clue what she wants, no clue where she's going. And she's so easily impressed with the people around her without any, any real in-depth thinking about, well, what's going on here? So she's kind of clueless, <laughs> and I was getting a little bit tired of her, actually. And then, of course, um, things happened to her because of her immaturity and her lack of any kind of common sense, <laughs> and it all turned around, and I was kind of felt like one of the reasons that she... Um, could not settle down and fall in love with anyone until it came to the guy that, that could never lay a hand on her was because of that traumatic experience of having the, uh, the, her brother's friend call her a whore at a time when she was demoralized and crushed. And I think deep down in her heart, she felt she was. Mm-hmm. And therefore, she could not, she was not worthy of a long-term, you know, relationship with anybody until she found someone who was even more broken than she was. And she could love him wholeheartedly without sex being a factor at all. And I think most of her relationships were like that. She loved people totally, but they had to be people 
that um, needed her in some way, you know, whether it was her business partner, um, you know, her aunt, her aunt's friend, all were people that she allowed in past her shield of self-protection. So that was my opinion of the book. Okay, Michelle? Okay. Um, well, well, first of all, I'll just mention that the narrator of the book is Blair Brown, and I love Blair Brown. She did this TV show many years ago called The Days and Nights of Molly Dodd, which I mm-hmm. absolutely adored. Oh, okay. And I, I wish I could find it on, you know, one of these. It just never appears anyplace because I would – you know, I would buy the DVD if they actually made it because I just loved that show and I loved her. And I thought she was just extraordinary. I thought she did a great job. Um, I love stories about the theater world. So right away I knew I was going to love this book because it took you backstage and you met all the different people that lived upstairs. You know, the composers and her ex-husband came in and all these other kind of quirky people. So I loved that aspect of the story. I liked all the... I liked how they put on the show, but I also liked all the behind-the-scenes stuff as well. Um, one character that we haven't really talked a lot about is Edna, the English actress, oh. and I thought she just did a great job describing her because she just knew how to talk to everybody and get everybody to do what she wanted, but really, she was not a nice woman. I mean, she was a really kind of a hard woman, and she forgave her husband, but she didn't really forgive the women, which I think was a time period kind of a thing. I think nowadays, I think, you know, they would look at the man and the woman and both of them would be equally at blame. But at that time it was, you know, men can do whatever they wanted to and women were blamed. So I'm just going to mention a couple of people you have talked about the sexuality in the story. So I listened to a couple of interviews with Elizabeth Gilbert and I kind of agree with her perspective. She wanted to write a story where women were modern and that they didn't feel like they only their only choice in life was to get married and have children. She wanted women mm-hmm. to feel like they could have a life where they could have a, a job and a career and they could have sexual relationships and they could just, you know, sort of live on their own terms. And at that time in the 1940s, I, I wasn't alive then, but it seemed like women's options were pretty constricted. Either you got married and had children, or, you know, you were not considered, I guess, a woman or, or whatever. No and I birth think that control. Some birth control, but not, not the same but, as, as no. now. But, you know, but anyway, um, and I think that she was trying to show a different point of view. And I think that there are women and have always been women who didn't necessarily want to fall into just getting married and have children. They wanted other options. And to me, having been a teenager in the 1970s, it's not unusual for a girl who's 19 years old to, you know, be with more than one person, not necessarily Mm -hmm. just to have one boyfriend or whatever. So I didn't really find it all that offensive And I think they just were in that kind of a world, and that's Mm -hmm. all she was trying to show. So it's always interesting to me because two topics that are sort of controversial in book groups, one is violence, but the other is sexuality. And it's interesting to me when people talk about their different views about it because some people are very offended by sexuality 
and other people are, are you know, are have just a different perspective. And for me, I'm sort of like I'm very offended by violence. Like I don't like to read books about serial killers, and they they they, they horrify me. But when it comes to sexuality, I feel like I have a different perspective. So it's always interesting to me to hear the different points of view. But I think she just wanted to show a different path for women, a different way. And, you know, not always that all women didn't necessarily have to conform to that one kind of role. And these were mostly very young women. And, you know, I mean, they just, they thought it was fun to drink and whatever. And it doesn't mean that they're going to live that whole way through their whole life. Maybe at some point they'll feel differently. But I, I don't think it's unrealistic to portray women acting that way. I don't think that there was a turn in the 1960s where all of a sudden women... <laughs> could be sexual, and then before that, nobody was ever sexual unless they were married. Right. So I kind of like that part of the story. I thought there was mm-hmm. a certain realism to it that you don't always see in historical fiction. Now I'll shut up. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I, no, wait a minute. I haven't had my chance okay, yet. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, okay, go ahead. I really, really like this book, too, and I have some of the same thoughts as Michelle. I wasn't bothered by the sexuality. And it's interesting, she did such a good job of character development, because if you think of it, Olive, really, if you just read the words on the page, she's not really that likable, yet we all liked her. (laughs) So the author did an excellent job of of writing these people. I don't think, had I met Vivian in college, and all she cared about was the way she looked, and she flunked all her classes, I probably wouldn't have liked her, but I liked her in this book. So yeah. she did a good job of the character development, and I think she was just a free spirit. I don't think she was repressing anything and really couldn't fall in love. She didn't want to. She she wanted to play the field and be out there, and and I think hanging out, you know, sleeping with married men, I, I have problems with that, but she was 19. You do stupid stuff when you're 19. She changed and decided she wouldn't do that anymore, and she still remained promiscuous, it sounds like, as long as she could, and I didn't have a problem with that at all. I Edna, I, I agree that Edna should have chastised her husband equally as she did um, Vivi. I mean, her husband's really more to blame. He's the one that's supposed to be loyal to her. But I think you can, you should expect a certain amount of loyalty from your friends, too. And I think she did see Vivi as a mm-hmm. friend. And so I didn't have too much of a problem with her doing that. I just wish she would have also dumped Arthur. I, I wish the author would have given us more insight into why in the heck she kept that guy. Because <laughs> I don't yeah. think that ever came through. He was younger um, and he was good looking. That yeah, was really that was yeah. yeah, that was he was, it. He was her Loved trophy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was and, uh, that's it for me. So now we can have mm-hmm. a free-for-all discussion. <laughs> well, I want to say in, in defense of, Viv, of V or Vivian, college kids are crazy. They're, mm-hmm. they're, you, mm-hmm. you try something. I'm not saying I did. I take the fifth. But... You do a lot of things that you'd never do at 50 or something. You look back, oh, oh my yeah. God. And she was a free spirit. And mm-hmm. she didn't sleep with other Mary Beth Arthur. They got drunk. I think she loves this, uh, Celia. I really do. And I think sometimes women will love each other as sisters, as friends, and never have a lesbian relationship. And guys love friends, buddies that you give your life for. So I think it was great. I think she would been was the, it was the maturation of, of V. She grew up, she met Marjorie. That was very important to her life. Marjorie was a wonderful uh, influence. And I love the part where Olive, and I'll be done, 
where Olive, they met Walter Winchell, <laughs> and she stared him down. Yes, she was yes. absolutely brilliant. Yes, Walter, great. remember, you said, well, he's horrible, but he did leave Vivian's name out of it. He finally did. That wasn't, that's all you're going to get from that guy. He had yeah. great power, and, he, and she played his role beautifully, and I've heard him, too, when I was a little kid. And he sounded mean when he did the news. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say one more thing that I was going to say, that I loved that last part with Frank I think the best I yeah. thought it was so so poignant and so beautifully written right that was just yeah. just brought tears to your eyes now Ladon, you were going to say something and I yeah one of uh, one thing uh when she first moved to the theater you know and she went upstairs and she got that at Charlie Uncle Charlie's uh, apartment and it had a white rug oh. and how it was furnished and it had the windows out overlooking the theater uh, oh, district Billy. of New York Billy Uncle Billy yeah. uh, overlooking the theater <coughs> district in New York I man did I want to be there and look out those mm-hmm. windows and see that but I wanted to tell you something that was kind of funny I think that happened to me when she met her first her first boyfriend and and uh, he took her to bed in I think it was his cousin's yes. room or someplace yes. and and uh, he uh, he uh, stripped all of her clothes off of her and he was looking at her and and you know and just driving her nuts really like that and just as she was saying that I accidentally touched the screen of my phone and it said swipe three fingers down and swipe three fingers up (laughs) (laughs) wow oh that's too funny that is funny I I was thinking I, I was thinking about again back to the defense of Vivian in a way because Remember, too, that everybody was coming out of depression. You know, the depression was beginning to ebb at least a little bit in the cities. And um, let's see, we had um, uh, the end of Prohibition, you know, and, and everybody was wild just because they'd lived such restricted lives. And Vivian herself, I think it wasn't so much, I mean, I think she was a free spirit, but she was a person who simply loved. She just loved people. And that came out in the sensitivity around the way she worked with the, uh, in the uh, bridal shop, just beautifully with those, those girls. And and, and, I, and, I, and I want to say also in her defense, yes, she was promiscuous. She admitted that she was promiscuous, but she was proud of it. She knew what she was doing. I don't think mm-hmm. she had any sort of a mental disorder at all. Mm-mm. She knew no. she knew what was going on in her life, and that's the way she wanted it. And I think, you know, I think that's great. And when Walter, if I may, when Frank called her a dirty little whore, Walter should have been a man and slugged him. And yes, I'm going to say that about my sister. My sister, even if you were, yeah. Walter just said, "Yes, yeah. oh right, I'm still self-righteous." Right? Well, he I was feeling the same way. Now I yeah. didn't Maybe care for Walter. Walter and I didn't that's care a very good point. That's a yeah. very good point. Yeah, yeah I think you're was. right, Marcia. Walter and the parents were not very good characters. No, no, the parents are awful. 
You know, they were awful. They were so what, what you say, Vivi, as she's a young teenager mm-hmm. or in her early 20s, I, I can go along with what everyone said about that. But she continued that activities to 40s and 50s. And, and that's mm-hmm. the part that. But that was her. That she's was no what, longer. That was what the, that, but that's what the author was trying to say. Yeah. That was trying to life. say that there were people, not everybody, you know, like it, it's very repressive to say that all women should only follow one path, that all women should get married, all women should have children. All guys. Some women, all some women, or all guys. Mm-hmm. But some women don't want to do that. Some women just want to, you know, forge their own path. And I think years ago, it was much, much harder to do. Like if you were a woman and you didn't want to have children, nowadays, something like 20 or 25% of women don't have don't. children. But years ago, that was like an outrage if you didn't want to get married and have children. And I think she was just trying to show in this world of the theater, which is a little more open than most places, that there are people who gravitate towards that kind of lifestyle. And it's not really such a good thing, I think, to judge people just based on the fact that they don't conform to what you know the social norm is. Sometimes people just find their own path and that's how they live. And I think they can live that way their whole life. There are people that just don't want to, you know, I, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I think it's important for people to find what works for them. I've been married more than 30 years and I'm really happy being married and I like being married. But I know plenty of people who never got married or got married when they were young and got divorced early and never got married again. And that's how they want to live their life. And it's not up for me to judge them because they have, you know, a series of relationships or whatever. That's how they want to live their life. It doesn't really affect me. What do I care? So I think that's all she was trying to say with this book is that some people have to find a different path that feels comfortable. And if she sleeps, yes, many young girls you know, are a little wild when they're in college or whatever. And they do grow out of it. But some Mm -hmm. people do choose, you know, to to have relationships, you know, that are, um, you know, not whatever you want to call them, you know, when they're in their 40s or 50s or whatever. They do. That's how they want to live their life. And if they're responsible and protect themselves from disease and, you know, and don't get involved with married men or whatever... Why is that such a terrible thing? Yeah, I, I they, don't really think it's so terrible. They, they well, continue to be, or they continue to be unorthodox after. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. what people people were. I'm sorry, I cut someone off, but they did. They did. Try, they did become or stay unorthodox. Uh, well, unorthodox is is kind of not a the best word to say. I think no. they just chose a path that worked for them. I don't okay, think, I yeah. mean, yeah, they but I'm just saying, no, I understand I what you're saying, to... but it seems mm-hmm. like, I don't, you know, it's just, I know so many people that are single, so many people that married young, and it's not abnormal to me to meet people that are not married and don't have children. And I think that's no. okay. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. I don't think sure. it's for everybody to live that way. And if men can live however they want to, why can't women? I, I don't understand mm-hmm. what the difference is. Exactly, and I think that we have to uh, lose it. I, I learned this when I was very young, live and let live. It's right. none of our business as to what anybody does. If a person is happy and content with the way their life is, then let them be that way. 
I don't think um, unorthodox was said to be like critical. I think it's just oh no, meant not to at be, all, like, not, not the norm. norm. Uh-uh. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not the norm, and that's okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I, I liked the way she demonstrated the what? complexity of relationships. I mean, the love and the commitment between Viv and Marjorie—that was a lifelong commitment. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were very they really solid with each other, mm-hmm. but they weren't. They were. They had. They didn't share that aspect of that relationship, but they were just mm-hmm. as committed, you know, to each other for their life. I mean, they raised kids together, you know, they raised Nathan together. So the the relationships were not cookie cutter. They were, they were fluid. They were, they were complex. Uh, You know, I I I just loved it. Yeah. The thing that I liked about the, the, the way it ended was that she really had gotten past the point of having any regrets and she didn't have a lonely, isolated life as a single woman she had a life full of color, and mm-hmm. um, she created a family. Yeah, she mm-hmm. created a family of um, kindred spirits or, or people that connected on, on, a, on a deeper level than sometimes people who have come from large, close-knit families that don't really like each other all that much. That's true. That's true. true. You can, Uh, the way I've always looked at it is you, you can, you can choose your friends, but But you can't, you can't choose your family. I I heard another Martha Marsh's rule. I heard on the news. Whoops. I think you could choose your family. I heard on on the news today that the average American over Thanksgiving, can spend only four hours with their family. Then they got to get away, go go to McDonald's, go for a walk. That's incredible. Yeah, oh. I can't believe that. I love uh-huh. my family. I'm delighted to be around. Yeah, here. I believe it. Four hours yeah. for for our Thanksgiving uh, party. Oh, we had the theme <laughs> being thankful for a family that loves one another. And Good. we and many, years after years, and we have not had any arguments, no matter the holidays that we've spent together over my 80 years. That's good. No, no political discussion? No. Stay away from religion and if we have... And politics. I was in a gathering years ago where we got into politics and half the table left. I mean, left mm-hmm. the party. Oh, definitely. Wow. You know, yeah, I had a great time. I didn't leave, but I, it was wrong. Mm-hmm. We should not have discussed it. Were you guys surprised at who Angela was because I kept trying to figure out who could whose yeah. kid could she be? Actually, uh, I, uh, I figured it out about figured that mm, out. I figured it out uh, quite a while before the book ended. I, mm. I I I I kept going back to the beginning, and I'm thinking, who mm-hmm. was Angela? Who is Angela? And who is her father? He, he mm-hmm. must be someone. I thought at first that he might have been someone who taught her some valuable lessons as a girl, mm-hmm. you know. But then uh, it turns out that she didn't see him, you know. She, she didn't meet him as a girl, you know. She, she met him after the war when she was older and, and um, 
And he, yeah, it was, it was, I was surprised and yet I wasn't surprised at the same time. I had a hard time figuring that out too for a little bit. And I had to go back in the first, and I thought it was very interesting the way she put it. Angela had asked her, what the, did my, uh, what did you mean to my father? What, you know, and she says, oh, yeah. uh, she says, I, I, I can't tell you what I meant to your father, but I'll tell you what he meant to me, you know, and so yeah. that was, that was really uh, yeah. an interesting yeah. mm-hmm. way uh, of putting it, but I had to go like you, I had to go back to the beginning and, and check that out and see, yeah. and then at the end, you know, when she met Frank, it was so, uh, such a friendship. So so much, so deep of a friendship. Yeah, Uh that was wonderful. Unlike most of us can have in our lifetime. Well, I kind of thought of the book, I kind of divided it in my head in two parts. The first Mm -hmm. two thirds. I did also, yeah. Oh, okay, good. Uh, But, you know, her first experience in New York, and then when she had when she left for the for that year and came back, and that's when you know uh, she was old, you know a little older, and then she got older and older, and then for, you know Frank was a, a part of her life for six years or whatever, so it was kind of a two thirds one third thing for me roughly, you know. Yeah. And yeah. then yeah, I, I and, read some reviews and a lot of people divided the book because it almost seemed like it was almost like two different stories. It did in certain ways. Yeah. Although mm-hmm. I mean, Marjorie was in. You know, I I loved her as a character. Like she was that young girl in the store and she was like directing traffic and everything. Mm -hmm. And I liked when she came back in and they ended up working together. I thought that was great, actually. At at one point, uh, two thirds away through the book, I thought to myself, this is a romance. She hasn't even met the guy she's romantic with yet. (laughs) (laughs) When is going to get around to it? Because I don't normally like romance uh, novels, but this was totally different. Well, yeah, really, there was it wasn't a lot a romance. of romance. No, it's, it was. It was uh, it, when you read. If you read uh, Bard, it classifies it as a romance. Yeah. Okay, but it does have a lot of romantic oh, stuff yes. going on. I mean, really yeah. romantic. Her, her, and Frank, and, and the, that sweet, but not so sweet that it's icky, you know. But right. with that sweetness yeah. to it, you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't like icky romances. <laughs> no, you know, there are some of them, a lot yeah. of them out there. Oh, wow. yeah. so, well, there were a lot of different people in the story. Kinds of yeah, I never knew it was. There was Peg and Olive, and there was um, uh, Vivian. She had that relationship with Anthony, Anthony. if you remember, yes. and then she had a relationship with Frank, and right. then there was Edna and her husband Arthur, and there was. Um, Billy and Peg. <laughs> How odd was yeah, that? Billy and Peg, yeah. Billy and Peg. Oh, Billy was yeah. cool. I liked Billy, too. I liked oh, Billy, I did too. He a jerk, but I, I liked Billy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And See, he, that's he, another like, interesting character he development. He was a yeah, jerk. The only people and in the book that I really him. didn't like was Viva's family. Right. I didn't oh, like yeah. her brother. I didn't yeah. like her parents. And then there were a couple of minor characters, really minor characters. One of them was Herbert that would was supposed oh, to be yeah. the script writer. Oh, he was <laughs> so bored. Oh, he, yeah, that was yeah, funny. Yeah, he, yeah, he was funny. <laughs> and the piano player. Mm. And I liked him. 
I like no, Ben Benjamin. Yeah. Was that his name? Benjamin. Benjamin. Yeah. Benjamin, yeah. Benjamin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody yeah. mentioned Billy. I liked him too. Way back, I'm back there. I, I, I liked, thought of him as breezy. I liked him a lot because he would breeze in and do his thing and breeze mm-hmm. on out. And leave yep. the head yeah. of Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting again that we liked him because he really was a jerk. He stuck he her was. with all yeah. the yeah. money. He was. But, but yet he was likable. That's knew it. Mm-hmm. So credit to her writing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's a yeah. good writer. I uh, uh. that's why I downloaded the book. Mm-hmm. I've downloaded it before the um the um uh Zoom invitation came out, you know, before you guys said we were gonna yeah. um, have it as as a discussion and i i had downloaded it and i thought oh, i've got to read that book i got to get into that discussion i love elizabeth so, gilbert you know and so yeah. have you guys read any of her other books no i guess no. Pray love. Love. Pray love, and i just i, I read love. Yeah, that was i'm good. sorry well, what was into it Eat, Eat, pray, love. Pray, love. Eat. I tried so that, to read that's that. That's her memoir where she that. went to three different countries. I think she went to Italy and Indonesia. Italy and, and, and uh, India, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And India, right. And then she met her, the man who she married, I think, in Indonesia. I don't think I'd like that book either. Eat, for E-A-T, Eat, right? Pray. Yes. Eat, Eat pray, pray, love. I just didn't care for it. No, it was, it was good. It, it was good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have not read it. Um, I saw interview. I saw an interview on uh, that Oprah did with her on uh, eat pray, and it was a lot about a lot of it was about eat pray love. Yeah. And I really and I've uh, she had a po- uh, podcast for one summer, um, hmm. where she helped people to you know, women to find uh, if they called into her, she would talk to them about their dreams and and how they could make how she could the how the women could make their dreams come true as far as work and and other ways of finding success or satisfaction but i i that was the first book i'd ever read by her was city of girls and i loved well, it well the other book that she wrote that's historical fiction is the signature of all things which mm-hmm. is a really really good book but it's an older historical fiction book it takes mm-hmm. place in the 19th century oh yeah I don't know if anybody on this list is going to know this, but do you guys know if it's true that the the sailors that got thrown into the ocean were court-martialed? Is that could that be true? Yes. Uh, I, oh, oh, I don't know. I haven't goodness. seen. I haven't seen any archives about that, but I can that see that it might be me. true. That yeah, was awful. That might no, have been was, very I much a that. World War Two thing. I just bet it was true. Unfortunately, I would guess it yeah, was. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. She wouldn't yeah. have made that up. But that's shocking. I mean, to be blown no. off by the force of the flames and then to be court-martialed for a ban. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because they because they they uh, ended up staying in the water. You know, I mean, it was just. Um, yeah, I just yeah, how could they get out? The water was on fire. I mean, it was yeah, yeah. pushing the flames away. You know, for two mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we can we wrap up this book and give the next one, and then then you guys can talk all night here. I promise not to uh, end it. It's good. Discussion. Well, does anybody have? I, I know we've talked about a lot of the characters, but there were a lot of characters. Does anybody have any other things they want well, to mention? I, I just wanted to, to say that the, one of the other characters that was kind of likable. I mean, she was nice enough, but but uh, uh, Celia, you know, yeah, we didn't talk much her. about oh, her. Yeah, but she just yeah. kind of came in and 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 took over Vivian's took over. apartment. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, another free spirit. Yeah, yeah, but, but not really free because she didn't really let Vivian 
be free. No, she, she she dominated her. Yeah. Dominated mm-hmm. her, and and she you know she invaded mm-hmm. her space literally. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, so living your own life and and uh, love, love, live and let live is great until you start messing with somebody else. And then right. at the end, she was selling soap. And yeah, said, that's I'm right. On TV. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Vivian said, "I'm moving on. I'm not going to try to find her." I'm well, and, yeah, uh, good thing. When we talk about yeah. all the characters, and we really like Vivian because she was living her own lifestyle and that. And I think what was his name, Uncle Charlie? I think uh, Uncle Billy. Uncle Billy. Billy. Uncle Billy. Yeah, I, I don't know why Charlie's stuck in my mind. Uncle <laughs> Billy. We like Uncle yeah. Billy also, but he's once again he's living a different kind of lifestyle, mm-hmm. and he goes on does it, and he's satisfied with his life, and maybe that's why we like those two characters. Mm-hmm. You admire him, sure. Whoops. Well, did everybody say what they wanted to say? Because we have a few minutes till the end of the hour. So, I mean, I'm happy to talk about the next book, but I just want to make sure everybody had a chance to, you know, say all their comments. No, I had all I said, all all I needed to say. Yeah, I think it was a very good choice because we. We practically all agreed that it was that it was a good choice. Yeah, I think it was unanimous tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Should we try good. one more time to see if Don can come through, or did he leave? Uh, can you hear me? There you oh, go. There you are. Are. Don. There he is. Yeah. Well, I was going to give the book a C plus, but I it's whoa. You're <laughs> <Okay. laughs> a hard grader. <laughs> I uh, but it, very good characterizations on all the characters. Maybe it was all the promiscuity it was a little much, but anyway, I uh, enjoyed reading the book. That was a strange ending, though. The, oh, the, yeah. That, that <laughs> threw this guy in from left field there and couldn't the cop, come the cop and so on. And that was uh, kind of unusual. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, don't forget Journey Through History on the 7th. Okay. About the impeachers. Yes, I'm. I'm oh yeah, gonna, I'm, I'm excited about that one actually. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that could be good. Certainly, well, I'll I'll tell everybody about our next book here, and then we'll go around, and everybody can talk about their books for their various groups. We always like to share what books the other groups are reading too. So, um, now next time we're meeting is actually right after New Year's. It's Friday, January third. So. I tried to pick a book that was short because I know it's a busy time of year for for a lot of people. Um, So this, now, the name of the group actually is Fiction Old and New, and I'm not great. Cherry's better than I am at picking older books, so I thought we should probably pick a book that's a little older. So you'll have to let me know if many of you have already read this book. Um, So this book is called The Bean Trees. And oh, it's by this. Barbara Kingsolver. Oh, I've um, read other books by her. I like her. Um, I have not read book. that one. The Bean Okay. okay. Um, so okay. I, I, you know what? I can't. Uh, okay. So the name of the book. I'll, I'll give you all the information. It's called The Bean Trees, and I'm going to give you the DB number, which is two seven five eight nine. So it's two seven five eight nine. And the author is Barbara Kingsolver. And it's read by Adele O'Brien, who is not a narrator that I've ever heard. I don't know if any of you have heard of it. Is it a commercial audio book or is it 
produced by it's one a of the board, it's, a, a, it's a bard book, yeah. It's, it sounds um, like an the, older one. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, two oh, seven it's five eight oh, nine. Okay. Oh oh yeah, it's an old one. So it's it's a like, and the reading time is seven hours fifty eight minutes, so it's about eight hours, so that's not super long. And I no. didn't realize that this book is actually the first in a trilogy, because I didn't realize that Barbara mm-hmm. Kingsava wrote trilogies. But this is the bean trees and then there's Pigs in Heaven and Animal Dreams. Oh. Um, yeah, so this is the first in a, in a, in a trilogy. So oh, I guess okay. if you like the book and you want to read more in the series, yeah. she's written a whole bunch of books, as, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, so this book, I can read you in the annotation if you'd like, because yes. I have it here. Yeah. Would anybody okay. like to hear that? Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. So it says, Taylor Green, a poor but plucky Kentucky girl with a sharp tongue, soft heart, and strong spirit sets out to find a new life in the West. On the road, her flighty, 50, I guess it's 1955 Volkswagen, temporarily gives out in Oklahoma. And while having her car fixed, she finds an abused Indian child in the front seat of the car. Ah. Taylor becomes the child's guardian, settles in Tuscan, which I guess is, must be in Oklahoma, and no. meets the Tucson. wonderful friends who help <laughs> her cope with her new. Say that again. Tucson, Tucson Arizona. Well, that's in Arizona. Tucson, Tucson. Arizona. yeah. Oh, is Tucson. I said Tuscan. That's funny. Okay, okay. No, thank you. That's how it's spelled. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, I learned something I today. There. I lived there for um, eight years. Yeah, I know. And meets wonderful friends who help her cope with her new responsibilities. Um, so um, it sounds like a nice book, and I've heard nothing but great things about it. I may have even read it, to be honest. I, I'm gonna when I start reading it, I'm gonna see if it sounds familiar. Um, but it's supposed, I, it's it's really it's a very well acclaimed book that people loved and loved and loved. So it's and it's not too long. It's only eight hours. So two seven five eight nine. Um, the number is two seven. So now, how about, Joni, can you tell us a little bit about Banquet of Books on Sunday? Banquet of Books is a place where people go and talk about the books that they've read, uh, that, that they've liked, not liked. Um, we encourage uh, people to... Uh, what do we? Well, to have a good time and talk about books. And um, each person takes a turn, and you can pass if you want to, or you can, can talk about the book uh, that you've read. And um, we don't want a four- or five-page book report. We want just a maybe three- to five-minute uh, capsule report about about the book, about the characters we want, if possible, we want the author, the book number, if it has one, um, and what you felt and thought about the book. And we're on at 5 Eastern, uh, 2 Pacific, and you can figure out the hours in between. (laughs) And the... And it, it's this Sunday, right? This coming it's this Sunday. Sunday. It's always the second Sunday of the month. Okay, so, and um, I know Alan's group, which is Worlds of Books, 
is reading um, Ellie and the Heartmaker. And oh, yeah. I actually I read Ellie and the Heartmaker, and it's a very nice book. So it, it is a romance. I know some people don't like romances, but it's mm-hmm. a really, really nice story. And his group meets on the 17th, and his group still meets at 9 o'clock, not 8 o'clock Eastern Time. So it's, it's on that schedule. Mm-hmm. But that's it's, more no, of the book. Okay, I, Again, that's Ellie and the Heart Maker or the Harp Harp Maker. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the author, but it was a very, very nice book. Really, it was it was a very sweet story and and very well written. It's written by Hazel Pryor. That's right. That's exactly right. And Don, you wanted to mention your reading of Brenda Wineapple's Impeachers. The Impeachers, and it's by Brenda. Wineapple, who is kind of a historian of literature, generally speaking, but she's gotten into some real history, and she, uh, a very good book, and the characters you're familiar with, as we've read about them in other books, so uh, about the time of the Civil War, mm-hmm. and uh, and how they came to impeach, or try to impeach uh, Andrew Johnson, maybe make a good comparison with him and the current <laughs> characters. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he yes. who shall not be named. I think Andrew Johnson and uh, our president of today are going to have something in common. They were both impeached, or will soon be, but neither convicted. That, that's very well likely, I'm afraid. Uh, yeah, they are going to, they are trying to, they're putting it all together uh, to decide whether he's going to be convicted. They, if they do go to trial, it is said that they're trying to make it be in January sometime. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you can, it'll mess him up for the election, but uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Does anyone know what um, novel ideas and mystery group are reading? Oh, no. let's see. I I saw that today on Alan's list. Oh, it's it's a it's a, a Chris, oh the Christmas thief. Uh, Mary Higgins Clark. Yeah, I saw it. It's, not yeah. it's, a, it's mm-hmm. a mystery suspense holiday tale. Mm-hmm. But I can't. Yeah. Think, the, I don't, that's for novel ideas, right? A mystery book is something about. Dust? I forget it. Oh, Gone to okay. dust. Yeah, that's it. Gone okay. to dust. Oh, good. 